episode 30 of Vomiting Rainbows. This is an exciting one. We talk about Oklahoma. Self-defense. Self-defense. Uh, and then not self-defense. And uh, what to do in a breakup. Yeah, and how not to get vengeance. So enjoy. This is Vomiting Rainbows, a darker newscast where I tell my buddy Mike some stories that he knows nothing about and the news barely touches. Uh, and in the end, he vomits some right back at me. That's right. Dark it's news, man. Dark news. Are we the only dark news uh, podcast? Got to be I, one of a handful, right? I feel like we're the biggest by far. <laughs> Definitely the biggest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, dude, do you know where Broken Arrow is? Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Um, I've been to Oklahoma before. What'd you go to Oklahoma for? Uh, what did I go to Oklahoma for? I, I was in. Uh, I I was on a motorcycle ride. Oh right, you're yeah yeah, the, yeah, yeah. breast the cancer cure, awareness right. ride. Yeah, yeah yeah. I don't think I stopped by. Uh, um, Broken Arrow. You did not stop by. Well, you know it because uh, it's where Bluebell is. You know the the ice cream company. Yeah 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 yeah. So they're there. Um, and uh, it's also where Zach Peters is. Actually, dude, I was on Route 66. Different ride. Different ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, oh, that was a Carson Daly thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was that one? That was just going through Route 66. Yeah, oh, you, you were doing the historic Route 66 ride. Yeah. And you guys were, like, all on Harleys and yeah, spon- we stopped sponsored off, by Harley. We stopped off in uh, Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. which is cool. I mean, it's a pretty cool city. What what was cool about it? Um, it sounds horrible, but the the Oklahoma City, like the the bombings, oh, uh, the well, memorial yeah, yeah. there, it's uh, man, I mean, it's the the memorial is so powerful. It's it's really really, it's something to see. I mean, it's they, they, whoever designed that memorial. I know it's kind of a, well, it's a dark news. Yeah, podcast, well, yeah, of course. But whoever designed that memorial, I mean, it it's very moving and very creepy and very like. What's uh, it even look like? It's they have these. If I remember correctly, this is a long time ago. They have like a pond of the footprint of where the building was. Oh, so basically, like, so say that the building stood on like a, a city block. Right, the whole city block is is gone. Right, because of the bombing. And then I think where the footprint of the building was, there's this pond. And then they have like an open arch of where like the outline of the building was. Right, and then so it's like a giant park now. And then they have like these um, kind of, if I remember right, these like kind of stone chairs. Okay. Of and they're all lined up, and it's kind of like gravestones, and it's all the people that oh. you know to represent all the people that. Oh wow! You know, killed. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of them. Yeah. And then on the outside, around the sidewalk, they have like these kind of, uh, you know, billboards or whatever, kind of explaining what happened, like a timeline of what went on. There's a lot of symbolism like built into like where things are positioned and. Um, I remember being overwhelmed by it, and, right. and like emo- like you like it's hard to go there and not be like completely like emotionally moved. Um, you know, even if you're really not familiar or don't really know what happened there, it's like it's 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 really powerful. Definitely one of, um, you know, the more kind of emotional moments I had during that trip. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean was, that that was, it, I mean it it rocked the country. Yeah, in Oklahoma City, I mean, j- just in general, the people of Oklahoma are really cool. But the thing that's crazy about Oklahoma City is it's a cool city. It's super clean, mm-hmm. um, really well laid out. Um, but Oklahoma is like such a weird place because there's just like everyone's like, oh yeah, tornadoes. Like people just live in constant fear of like horrible, crappy weather. Right. You know, like it's just it's it's it's, it's not that nice there as far as the weather goes. Right. Um, and it's just you know like like the storm will blow in, rain, hail. Thunder, lightning, like like worst worst weather than you could ever experience in Northern California. 
and it'll come through like in an hour. Right. And people act like it's no big deal. They're just like, oh, yeah. Like, hey, man, you better not, uh, you better pull over and get some cover. Otherwise, you're going to get, you know, whacked Run by. Away. Yeah. Like, seriously. Or, you know, like, hey, man, why don't you guys stay here? There's a, there, like, I remember this uh, CHP officer came up to us and said, where are you guys headed? And he's like, you know, stay here for like 45 minutes. There's a storm coming through where you guys are headed and there's golf ball size hail. And, and, it, and it will literally, like, you know, I knock love, you off your motorcycle. I love that the CHP is in Oklahoma. Yeah, or whoever it was. Yeah, whatever their highway just, patrol is. They were is. just following you from yeah, California. They're like, they're like, dude, we got to follow this guy, Mike. Yeah. Where is he going? Across the country. We'll stay with him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, whatever their highway patrol or whatever, right. whatever their law enforcement is. Um, OCP. Yeah, but I mean, like, it, it's crazy. I mean, you know, softball-sized hail is not rare out there in Oklahoma, and it destroys cars. Like, you see cars that yeah. it, it looks like someone just took a sledgehammer to, and they're like, oh, yeah, that was the hail. Yeah. I mean, and, and these people stay there, and they love it, and they live there, and I'm like, you guys are, you people are out of your mind. People say Californians are crazy. Right. That's insanity. So, anyway, uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma? Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. Yeah. So, there's uh, this guy, Zach Peters, who's a 23-year-old. He's a private pilot. Um, he works for two local uh, airlines uh, as a scheduler. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, is also in criminal justice at a local community college. Uh, he was at home around 12.30 p.m., and he heard glass break in his house. Um, immediately, what would you do? Grab my gun. Yep. He grabbed his AR-15 assault rifle. Um, it's a military rifle that was meant to take on the AK-47 in combat. Um, he went downstairs. He found three teenagers, uh, 16 to 18, holding knives and brass, brass knuckles. Mm. Not good. Uh, he exchanged some words with them. No, He did not say exactly what those words are. Um, but uh, I'm guessing it's something like you picked the wrong house. Yeah. And then uh, open fire. Oh, wow. Um, He killed all three. One was able to make it to the garage before succumbing to his injuries. Uh, A 21-year-old, Elizabeth Marie Rodriguez, turned herself in later. She was... She was the getaway driver? Yeah. Yeah. Also the planner behind this. Mm. Um, She sped away from the scenes when she heard gunshots, actually knew the homeowner by name. Wow. They don't know exactly how she knew the homeowner, but... Yeah, this is the thing. Like, in California, you can break into a house with uh, bats and, and um, you know, brass knuckles because chances are they're not going to have a gun here because of the gun laws in California. Right. But in Oklahoma, dude, I mean, mm. that's a pretty... You know, you, you can buy a lot of heavy, uh, you know, guns. Like, yeah. you just go buy them. Like, they're not, they're not as restrictive in California. So, I mean... You know, I think if you're going to be a thief in Oklahoma, you bring guns into the house. Like, yeah, you don't, the, these <laughs> guys were obviously ill-prepared for their uh, bre- uh, their break-in. Um, so listen to us, like, judging the thieves. <laughs> yes. Well, what are they thinking? What are they thinking? They should have been more prepared. Here's yeah. what they should have had. Yeah. Um, so uh, she turned herself in, um, admitted to masterminding the robbery because she said she was distraught and wanted to inform the parents of the children's murders. Or the teenagers' murders. Now, this guy, you know, the thing that a lot of people don't realize is if you shoot people in your house, even in self-defense, uh, I mean, there's a lot of gray area there as far as, you know, your your liability. I mean, yeah. you, can, you can still have, like, civil lawsuits come against you. You can still be charged with murder. Yeah. I mean, it really has to be really clearly defined that your life was threatened. 
or that you felt threatened or they were about to attack you. Um, you know, I mean, you know, three dudes with weapons, you know, that sounds like a justifiable situation. Um, but I know for a fact, like even up in Lake County, uh, there was a story where these guys broke in the house to steal these plant, like, you know, uh, you know, weed. Right. Plants of, plants of well, weed. Plants of what weed. am I trying to say? <laughs> the marijuana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and these guys broke in the house. They baseball batted this dude's son in the head. Ooh. And the the father woke up, found out what was going on, shot these, you know, took out a shotgun, started shooting these guys. One of the guys was running out, uh, away. Right. He shot him in the back, and that guy went to jail um, because the guy wasn't threatening his life. He well, was running away in and, fear. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is it's very um, – when when somebody starts to retreat in a lot of places, they say at that point you cannot use deadly force. Yeah, that's why – I mean, if, you know, and, and, and there's – you know, I, I've gone through all types of, you know, uh, training. You know, if, if you're going <laughs> to – number one, if you pull your gun out, you better shoot it, you know. Uh-huh. And it's not the kind of thing you pull out and, right. and go, hey, man, you like you basically – Hey man, my life's threatened. If you keep coming at me, I, I'm armed and I'm going to shoot you. And then you do it. You don't. You, if you feel threatened, you don't sit there and you know, like, I'll shoot you in your knee. It's like no, right. you use deadly force because you feel like you're the person's going to kill you. Well, which, I mean, they they had just broken through when they were doing a home invasion. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, they had cased this house several times. Is this guy facing charges? I guess that's my question. Is no, he, okay. uh, at this point, there's no charges yeah. against him. But um, you know. Again, they're investigating the crime scene. So if they investigate it and find that maybe one of these guys has a bullet in his back, yeah. uh, then that could bring into question. But it's it's not like this guy woke up and was like, I'm going to kill people. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. It, it yeah. Was, he was getting robbed. And well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, imagine the adrenaline, right? Like, you hear someone right. breaking your house. You go downstairs. You grab your weapon. You see three dudes, or they have weapons. You don't know if a guy has a gun in his weapons. Not only weapons, but they also had masks on. Yeah, so you don't so know the, if, if yeah. they have guns in their pockets. Like, exactly. are you gonna sit around and wait till they no. they pull a gun? No, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be shooting people. Exactly. And and the other thing is, this whole neighborhood was on high alert anyway mm. uh, because they had had several home invasions prior to this. Yeah. So they were aware, and neighbors had actually seen the this car driving up and down the neighborhood kind of casing yeah um so they were aware that something was going on so they all the neighbors had been talking and saying like this car's suspicious like we got to watch these people yeah um and um on two separate occasions the three teens the neighbor had seen the the teen all four of the the people driving by yeah um and had alerted the neighborhood watch about this. Um, the they they obviously um, were up to no good. But the other thing is the girl Elizabeth, twenty one year old, is facing uh, three counts of felony murder. Mm. And that's because anytime you commission a, in the commission of a crime, no matter who is killed, the robbers or um, the victim. You're responsible for all the deaths. She's the ringleader. She's the ringleader. Man. Yeah. And who is, is this just a random dude? I mean, did he have like specific things in the house that, that these guys wanted? I mean, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it, it doesn't seem like that. Was he like posting up pictures of his AR 15 on Facebook? Like, dude, let's go steal that gun. Let's go. We can totally use the AR 15. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like anything of that nature. It was more of a crime of opportunity. Mm. And they don't seem like the brightest bunch. Um, so they were probably just hoping he was gone, maybe. 
Yeah. Uh, and he probably had a regular schedule and was off that day. I don't know. But um, it just, you know, this is the thing is, is to me, if I go in my criminal mind, right, like, like robbing someone's house to me just seems so crazy. Like, like, I guess if I had to, if I was a criminal, like I would definitely be like a street thug. Like I would definitely rob people in the streets. Right. You know, like just pistol whip them, grab their money, be gone. Ugh. You know what I mean? I, but I can't imagine like when you, I, when you I, get in someone's house, that's like so, that's crazy to me. Yeah. Because but, you're leaving evidence. There's more people that can see you. It's like, you know, there could be people with guns in the house that you don't know about. Right. You know, when you walk down the street of San Francisco and you see people, you know, buried in their smartphone, I mean, like, if anyone listening to this wants an easy place to rob people, San Francisco, yeah. I mean, it's like a gold mine. It's just rich people walking around, not paying attention to their surroundings. I know? would, I would, we're not endorsing that. We're not endorsing <laughs> that. No, not at all. But you know what I'm talking right. about. Yeah. To me, to, to, to break into someone's and, house. And that, by the way, that's been going on in San Francisco. People have been running up, just punching people while they're looking down and yeah. like grabbing their smartphone and running off. Yeah. Um, to yeah. me, like, that's weird. Like, why would you grab their, you know, like, you, you know, to me, it's like grab their smartphone, you know. Yeah, but now almost every single smartphone is remotely, lock. yeah, remotely yeah. disabled. Smash so. and smash and grab. But to me, you know, to get back to my point is when you break in someone's house, like you are violating like their sanctity. Like, like you are taking that cr- that criminal act of robbery to like such an evasive level. Right. You know, robbing someone on the street or, or getting robbed in general is horrible and, and demeaning and degrading and frightening and, and can really mess someone up. Right. Um, but when you break in their house, I mean, that's like next level. Like, yeah, like, you know, and, I mean, and it's and it's completely full of unknowns. Yeah. As yeah. Well, yeah. like if you're if you're going into a place, you have no idea. Do they have alarm? Do they have like a, an attack dog? Yeah. An attack parrot. You know, totally who knows? Some crazy. Yeah, there could be crazy shit going on in there. So the chick is facing three counts of murder. Yeah. The, the guy seems like he, it's all self-defense. Well, this is the other thing. So Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma has this law, which is notorious, called the Make My Day Law. Yeah. Which is, you know, when somebody comes into your house, you're at that point, you can use deadly force no matter what. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if they're breaking into your house, deadly force is allowed. Yeah. You and they have like force, a whole, yeah. I, I read the law and it basically says, um, it's the problem is, is when they walk out of your house. Yeah. And they're in your yard. That's different. But when they're inside the house, that's, that's. It's game on. It's game on. Crazy. But see, that's the thing. Like, like, you know, like you think like, okay, cool. That's like, that's quote unquote cool. But you know, the fact is this dude just like shot three people yeah. in his kitchen. Like that dude, like that's going to mess a dude up. Oh, I don't care sure. how, you know, like, like, you know, you know, this guy's life could be ruined, you know, just yeah. because psychologically it's like, yeah, I just had to kill three people in my house. Like, well, you know, and, horrible. and he's not only is a victim of a robbery. Now he's got to go through probably the trauma of dealing with, I mean, this guy wants to be a pilot and a criminal justice attorney or whatever. I mean, he's in that field, but I doubt at any point he was wanting to ever assault someone with the, with his, of course. Yeah. I mean, protection. Yeah. But never, never kill someone. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, you know, this could have been one of those stories where, you know, this guy was lit on fire by three dudes that broke into his house. So, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. So you never know what's going to happen. But, in Oklahoma. Uh, in Oklahoma. And so next we'll go to a lovely girl named Madison mm-hmm. uh, from Tulsa, Oklahoma. She's 21. 
Um, she was wanted for shooting a man in the head and a woman in the shoulder at a Walgreens. Jesus. Uh, they both survived. Um, and um, three cops chased her when she was pulled over and uh, she shot at the police and then tried to run. Mm. Uh, guess, guess where she had just left. Uh, I mean, this is for your detective, Mike. Man, she was at Walmart, you said. Walgreens. Walgreens, I'm sorry. She was at Walgreens when she shot these people, and she had just left church? Mm, yeah, church. Really? She was, no. Um, she had just left... Um, a drug treatment facility and was in rehab. Ah. Um, You're not supposed to have guns when you go into rehab. Isn't that like one of the main things to take all your earthly possessions? Yeah. How'd she get a gun? I, you know, no idea. Yeah. Um, And so uh, Officer Grafton, a six-year veteran of the Tulsa Police Department, uh, pulled his uh, car over the curb to protect the two officers that were getting shot at. Um, and ran over Madison. Oh, ran over the chick. Yeah. Is there, there's gotta be video footage yeah, of this. There is. It's gotta be gnarly. It is not pleasant. Yeah. Um, no, so is Madison, uh, in, she's dead? She's gone. Yeah. She is wow. no longer with us. Wow. Um, Madison, uh, she was fatally injured, um, by Officer Grafton, who is a six year veteran of the Tulsa Police Department. Um, on September, uh, in September of 2015, uh, Madison was arrested for attempting to steal a police car after she was handcuffed. Mm. Uh, she was successful at driving the police car away. With handcuffs on? Uh-huh. All the way back to her parents' house. It always amazes me. You see pictures of, of our, like, videos of the people who can, like, put their legs through their hips. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, like, I'm always like, man, I wish I could be that flexible. Like, it seems like if you're, like, if you're physically capable of doing something that athletic— you're you that should flexible. Be, you should be doing something else with your life. You should be like a professional athlete. Like you should yeah, be a ballet dancer or something. Right? Exactly. Except for drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> drugs derail you. Yeah, true. Drugs derail that that career. Um, so she had been uh, she had been pulling uh, initially pulled over for stealing a car, um, and then successfully drove the police car to her parents her mother's house. She was still cuffed when they got to her parents' house. Isn't that everyone's fantasy, though, is just to be able to drive a police car around? Yeah. The light, you know what I mean? Like just yeah, turn the, the sirens on. Just, I, I don't know if that's the scenario you want to be driving the police car around in. It's true. True. But the, but the, the police should do like a uh, like a public uh, outreach day where they, they get cop cars on like an open course. Right. Where you can pay like, I don't know, man, like pay do a fundraiser for like some like homeless kids or something like where you pay like 500 bucks. And you just get to tear it up in the police car for 20 minutes. Dude, so I went flying. Uh, yeah. You know I'm a pilot. So yeah. I flew into Half Moon Bay. Yeah. And they were, uh, and Half Moon Bay is where they train the police officers how to do high-speed pursuits yeah. on the closed section of the runway. Uh, and I, I was walking down there, and the um, head of the training department was like, hey, want to go for a ride? Really? And I was like, fuck yeah. And so we went. He took me on a high-speed pursuit. And oh. Then, and then he dropped me at the, like, little place over. But it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I got to sit behind the car as they did the pit maneuver on the lead car. So he was following behind, um, uh, seeing how successful they were. Yeah. It was awesome. I have a video on my Instagram if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check that. F- f- give out your Instagram. So well, you if, if you're watching this, it's on my Instagram. Oh, oh there uh, you go. Yeah. It's on what you're watching. Exactly. So um, that, was, that was really cool. So that's the best thing that you've gotten out of being a pilot, right? 
Probably, yeah. <laughs> that, I would say that's the best thing. That was really, really cool. Um, by the way, when uh, that girl was arrested, they brought a special police car for problem people with a uh, like a full cage. Yeah. And she was taken to jail in that one. So she had a history history of yeah. not being. That's pretty gnarly, though, man, to take someone out with your car. You know yeah. I mean? That's pretty. I, I can't imagine that's got to be traumatic as well. Well, think about the dude who has to clean that, right? Oof. You know what I mean? Like, the you know, the private or whatever, the, like the, the rookie cop that's like, hey, dude, you're, you're on the, you know. Yeah, and they, they have a snapshot of right before she was hit, and she's like. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing, but, right? But the best is they, they took the snapshot. And they have her with her gun up in the air. Yeah. So it was like. But, but that's the thing, right? I mean, like people, it seems like a lot of criminals and, and most people, they don't think like the cops are going to do something like that. They're there to protect and serve. They wouldn't run over me. It's like, well, yeah, if you have a gun, you're shooting at cops. Yeah. They're going to run over your ass. Once you start using deadly force. Yeah. Then people are shocked. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they ran over. They didn't need to do that. It's like, what are you t- she didn't need to take a gun and start shooting at the cops. Exactly. I mean, Crazy. she got pulled over for a warrant. She wasn't even in a stolen vehicle. She could have just faced those charges, but, you know, drugs. Yep, bad. Yep. Um, her best friend told the newspaper, deep down, she's just a really good person. Uh, drugs got the best of her. Uh, the, the enemy got the best of her. Mm. The enemy. The enemy. Hmm. So, yeah, that was good, good times in Oklahoma. Good times. Two, two stories out of Oklahoma today. Yeah. Huh. Um, and then... Our, our final story is one that um, they, uh, the Daily Mail calls an uh, incredible story of revenge. Um, and uh, Valerie McDaniel, a 49-year-old respected veterinarian out of Texas, um, and her husband, Mac McDaniel, were going through a contentious and rough divorce, fighting over custody of their daughter, uh, and, he, and she owed her ex, an astounding $1.25 million to settle their estate. Wow. Who, who are these people? Where is this out of? Out of Texas. Texas. Wow. Yeah. Um, so they were two veterinarians. Uh, they were very well respected and had a very prosperous business. Yeah. Um, my, uh, It doesn't say this, but I'm guessing that they decided to split all their assets, and she decided she wanted to keep the business and had to buy him out mm-hmm. of the business. So I'm guessing it was an extremely profitable business yeah. if 1.25 was her share of it. Um, it sounds like a lot of money. Then you start thinking about housing in San Francisco. And yeah. You're like, that's like a house. Like, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. And no, and if she wanted to keep the house and, and the business <laughs> yeah. and like the share of that, you're probably like, oh, that's kind of reasonable. Yeah. And she'd probably be able to pay that off after a certain period of time. Yeah. Um, Leon Jacob, uh, a 39-year-old medical residency student also suffering critical uh, crippling debt after a divorce met Valerie and they began, be like totally began to commiserate over this sure like their exes and being done wrong uh, Leon uh, Jacob had left a trail of failed jobs he was not a very talented doctor um, he was told that several times he was kicked out of every program See, that's what's amazing. Like, the guy is a doctor, so he, he, he passed some, some board, right? Right. He got his Ph.D., yet he, like, is it just because Well, he, he got his boards. He but, passed his boards. But my, he didn't, yeah. but my point is, like, you know, like, is he just a bad businessman? Does he just have to, you know what I mean? Did well, he just cheat his way through school? Like, how does somebody become a doctor and suck? <laughs> well, that, I mean, residents expressed concerns about his unavailability 
his tardiness, his lack of communication, and total misrepresentations to them. Mm. So, in other words, he was lying all the time. Yeah. And it, um, he logged um, hours uh, and, uh, in the operating room almost more than any other resident that he worked with. So he was really trying to be a surgeon. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to do retinal surgery. Um, he fell short on his um, studies. Uh, he started cutting back his work, his skills, and his um, uh, studying. Uh, he started just focusing on that to get past his boards. Yeah. Um, ultimately, uh, he was found to be an immediate threat to patient safety. Well, thank God they found him. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, I'm sure there's a lot of doctors out there that are kind of like, yeah, I don't really remember this. Yeah. You know? The thing is, that's why I think surgeons and stuff, they work in teams. Like, there's a whole bunch of people there. Yeah. So, like, if a dude's like, what do I, you know, like, they're doing open heart surgery and the guy's like, what aorta do I cut? The other Ooh. guy's like, dude, that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, kind of help each other out. Yeah, they're probably. A lot to remember. You see, I've seen medical books, man. The stuff that surgeons have to know that's, like, I don't know how those guys remember all that stuff. Well, I mean, there's a whole team around the room, but, yeah. like, he is the focal point. Yeah, I but mean, I'm sure, like, like if some guy's, like, sitting there, like, you know, and forgets, like, he's doing brain surgery, he's like, <laughs> what what lobe do I stick this thing in? Like, some other guy's like, just the, the left one, I think. And they yeah, go, okay, yeah. everyone left? Quick, right. Quick vote? Okay, you where, know. Where did he mark it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you've, you've done, have you ever had a surgery where you have to mark? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's that's disconcerting. You're like, uh, this leg. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it, People cut off the wrong legs and stuff. Yeah, yeah man. It it does. Or they operate on the wrong leg and they get in. They're like, this looks fine. Yeah. What's going on? Oh. oh. <laughs> that's never good. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh. So he uh his former um head of residency um let him go and then told him he needed to seek immediate psychiatric help. Hmm. A lot of, lot, of, lot of pressure being a doctor, man. A lot of those people develop weird complexes. And... Yeah, well, the, they say it's a God complex yeah. because they are holding people's lives in their hands. And they, and they are. Start to, yeah, and they start to get, like, the superiority complex. They think they can't fail, and then they do, and then they think Satan's, you know, Who in, knows? Their, in their mind. Um, he appealed that, that uh, head of residency's um, decision, but he, was lo- uh, he lost that. Um, and then... What would what would you do if you lost that appeal from a doctor or your like a head? hospital? Yeah, you just go you go apply at some place where like the healthcare totally sucks. You go to like some place like New Mexico where like they, they barely have hospitals, and you know you become like a hero there because like you know how to stitch somebody up. Well, he burglarized burglarized their home. Well, there you go. Or that you right. can also do that. Yeah. So um, his ex, who was he was getting divorced from, they had two daughters. Um, filed numerous stalking and domestic abuse charges against him. Jeez. So he's winning all around. Yeah, it's the creep. Well, you know, I mean, there's a lesson to be learned here. You know, I think as society, as a society, we put a lot of faith in doctors. We feel like, you know, we kind of put them on a pedestal, right? But they're right. just people, man. They're just I love, people. Like, I have, a, I have a doctor, man. I love him because he's just like, yeah, you know, he's kind of, he's like laid back, kind of admits like he doesn't really know what's going on. Like, he's like, yeah, it's just, you're old, dude. You're getting old. <laughs> My back hurts. You're I, old. I don't know what to tell you, dude. You're yeah, old. Exactly. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You know? Take some aspirin. Yeah. Call me if it gets worse. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like if you start bleeding or, or yeah. swelling, then then it if might your be eye pops to... out, come come see me. Totally. Right. Um, so, what do you think these two uh, distraught lovebirds decided to do? Well, you, you, you said earlier it's revenge, so it's got to be something over the top. Um, they decided to burn down the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Am I close? No. Ah. Oh. Blow up the hospital? No. No? Mm. 
Um, start their own hospital? <laughs> yeah, right. That that actually that would have been the smartest thing that yeah. these a veterinarian slash people hospital. Yeah, you bring your dog and you get fixed for the you, same thing. Well, you, I mean that's the thing, isn't isn't that what they say? Like the underground doctors, like if you get shot and you're a criminal, you go to the vet. Yeah, you go to the vet. You know, that's, yeah, that's, I've seen Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's why there's a lot of animal hospitals around the Bay right. Area. <laughs> exactly, yeah. mostly in Oakland. Yeah, true. <laughs> um, no, he uh, they decided to uh, meet a police informant at an Olive Garden. Yeah, as, baby. As you do by a race by the Buffalo Raceway. I don't know. Bus, Buffalo Speedway. Um, and they had plans. Uh, both had plans to have the hitmen kill their exes. Yeah. See, this is the thing is that you have to um, you have to at least be on the Internet. Watch Geraldo. Watch some of these like, you know, Jerry Springer things. The hitman thing never works. No, like it never works. Forensic files is like. One right after the yeah. other. Like, like if, if you want someone dead, you have to be willing to do the dirty work yourself. You I just, think so. You have to. You have to. I mean, you, there, there you, isn't... You can't, and you can't have anyone else involved. And by yeah. the way, if you do commit that crime, you know what you don't do? Tell your friend about it. Yeah. Or go to a bar and start getting drunk and or or marry someone and then start blabbing to them about it. Yeah. I mean, which, you know, I mean, if you if you killed somebody... In revenge, I mean, that's definitely going to be one of the more intense things you probably ever do in your life. Like, you strangle someone to death or whatever. Probably really hard not to tell somebody about it. And not not only that, you probably immediately regret it. So this, Sure. There, yeah, and there's this all this remorse going through your head, like, yeah. probably afterwards. And then you're like, oh, I'll tell someone. Yeah, because it'll help me alleviate my guilt, you know. No. People, people who are watching this now are like, stay away from Mike and Doug. Yeah. Well, basically, <laughs> I mean, really, what you have to do is you, ha- you, have to, you have to get a good plan, execute yourself, and then cut out your own tongue. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, or take that. What's the memory pill from uh, that uh, Eternal Sunshine? Yeah, yeah. just erase your memory. Yeah, um, and think it was a dream or something. Uh, you know, it was. It's. It's really when I when I was uh, probably when I was in high school, and maybe even into my early twenties, I used to have a reoccurring dream uh, that I had buried somebody. Ooh, like it wasn't necessarily <laughs> that I killed them and buried them. But, like, I buried a body, and I would always, like, we moved around, like, every two years. Right. And I remember, like, in the dream, like, I would get a call from somebody from a town that I used to live in. Uh-huh. And they would be like, hey, uh, the o- did you used to live at this property? And I'd be like, yeah. And, like, well, the current owners just, like, you know, excavated the, uh, the concrete patio, and they found bones. And, and that want- was in your dream? Yeah. And they, oh, and, wow. and, and they wanted to question you. And I'd always be like... Like, I would always feel guilt and panic in my dream. Like, I'd be like, oh, that's right. Like, I I buried that person. Like, oh my God. You know what I mean? And yeah. I wasn't really sure, like, how, like, um, I wasn't really sure, like, if I killed them or whatever. But it would be this reoccurring dream. And then for a while, I was like, did I do something horrible as a kid and, like, have, like, some weird repressed memory that's just, like, surfacing of, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I'm sure I didn't kill somebody and bury them. Uh, I can but say that with- do you secretly want to go back and check that patio? Well, see, the reason why I know it, there's no there's no truth in it is because it would be like different places. Like right. the other dream, it would be like like a, a creek that I used to play at, right? And, and and but it would always be like someone getting in touch with me and be like, "Hey, did you you know like do you live in this area around this time? Like we want to question you about you know the, these bones that we found." And then like in my dream, the emotion I'd feel would be like panic and guilt, and it'd be like, "Oh," and it'd be like me and my right. dream remembering like, "Oh yeah, that's oh. right." Like. I buried that body. You know, like, uh, what a weird dream to have, right? What does that even mean? Right. 
I mean, obviously, maybe. But it was reoccurring. So it was reoccurring. So but, obviously, I had some kind of event happen that I have deep rooted guilt about that I got over sometime in my twenties. I, I, I think it was probably. I think we all know what that is. What's that, Grandma? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it could be. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Grandma. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just just to give everybody a little context, uh, Mike's grandmother got hurt and she was calling out for some assistance. And Mike went back to sleep. Yeah, I was waited. young. He was young. I was young. It, it was, was like it twelve. Was all, <laughs> it was all, a, a hard time, but apparently it left left some mental scars with you. It's possible, isn't that weird though, man? Yeah, that's yeah, disturbing. Yeah, um, I, I've had a lot of disturbing dreams and a lot of like kind of weird, weird reoccurring kind of you know emotional kind of thoughts and triggers throughout my life. But that's definitely one that like you know, like I said, you know, you, you uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, if you kill somebody. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, so anyway, what these two dudes decided to do is Jacob wanted his ex bound and gagged and delivered to her, uh, to him. Uh, See, and he's getting, this is another thing. It's he's getting too complicated. He's getting yeah. too he's getting too specific. He's making demands. Like right. you want somebody gone, that's it. Yeah. You don't sit there and go like, well, I want to torture him for a half hour, and then I want you to come back and get rid of the body, and yeah. I want you to. Put him in a straight jacket and hit him with a bat and burn yeah. a brand of, you know, uh, a pentagram on their forehead. And then I want to, ha- I want you to deliver him to my garage. Like, yeah. no, dude. Like, no. Um, don't get fancy. This is in the movies. Then he wanted to give her a fatal dose of potassium, which would stop her heart. Um, they, uh, yeah. And then McDaniel, on the other hand, she just wanted her husband to look like the victim of a carjacking. Yeah, that's that's okay. The <coughs> that's, whole the that's... whole the overdose of potassium. I mean, like what? Like, and this is it. That's a guy who's like he's he's just into science. Like he didn't win like the science fair as a high school student. Yeah. So he's trying to like get yeah, all like was... clever. Yeah, and this guy obviously like this guy sounds like I uh, what I think the family was trying to say at the uh, um, later was that the the mo- or the this mother who was going through the divorce was influenced unduly by this guy, Jacob, because she was so distraught and felt like her life was at its end. Yeah, I don't think killing other people Never puts did. your life back, in, back no, together. It, it might a, feel good. I mean, listen, we've all felt the need for revenge, and we've all wanted vengeance. Um, and it emotionally, it, at the time, it might seem like a good idea, but, you know, even, even doing, you know, things like egging an ex's house or, <laughs> you know, writing stuff on their car or smashing their windows in, like, you know... It, it doesn't. It doesn't change anything. You know, no. It doesn't really change how you feel. It doesn't. You know. I mean, I've had all that stuff done to me, and it didn't change how I felt about the girl. Like it's just yeah. like okay, like now I got to clean up my house. Like, yeah, like, exactly. This is this is not. not get, it's not bringing that, this back yeah, together. Like it's definitely not going to uh, be a positive in any yeah, way. Yeah. Um. So, um. They were both shown faked photos of proof of the crimes. Uh. <laughs> and uh, when they were then, uh, they both agreed on an amount which was twenty thousand dollars um not for both each yeah and so they were paying this when once they handed over the money they were both arrested um jacob was denied bail um but mcdaniel was uh given fifty thousand dollars bail um and her husband immediately went into hiding twenty thousand dollars seems like a lot of money to pay to kill somebody I but I I think on the reciprocal we've had a lot of these dark stories mm. and some of them have been like a thousand dollars. That's what and, I mean. Like and, to me, to me, if I wanted to get someone murdered, I think I could do that for 
<laughs> you, you're, you'd bargain shop on this. I'm one. saying I think I could do it for under three grand, pretty easily. Like not without without trying too hard. Just go to the tenderloin. I, I just I just think that there's people out there that if you you know if you said, hey man, here's fifteen hundred bucks. This is what I want you to do. Bring me back their hand, and I'll give you another <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks. I think that that could happen within a half hour. Like right. I don't think. Walk around the streets of San Francisco. You could find the guy that would do that pretty easily. Yeah, that's, I don't think I don't think I don't think you need to set things up and have meetings or even like, you know, spend that much money. Right. You know, I think it's pretty much as simple as going. You, you trust me. If you walk around the streets of San Francisco, you'll see this guy every ten blocks. You'll right. see the guy that'll do this. You go up to him. Here's fifteen hundred bucks. Follow me. I'm going to point this person out. Meet me in Union Square with a with this duffel bag. Put his hand in it. <laughs> And I'll give you another fifteen hundred bucks. So, sounds like you've thought about this. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just twenty grand. <laughs> Mike, Mike, I'm going to slowly back out of it. <laughs> but twenty thousand dollars—that's crazy. His name is Doug. Yeah, twenty thousand um, dollars—that's that's that's ridiculous. Um, so uh, she went back to her apartment. Uh, she wrote two notes uh, and then proceeded to jump off of her balcony. Mm. Um, she, it seems like her husband was absolutely right. She had nothing to lose. He said. He feared if he had stayed in her in his home, he would have fallen vic- victim to her desperate mental state. And what happened to like the, uh, the like the slow poisoning? You know what I mean? Like the slow death, like the the calculated like. Yeah, but again, that people that, don't people people have no patience anymore. We live in the internet age. Everyone wants to suppress the like. Everything wants everything resolved super quick. There's no patience in it. Yeah. Like, this lady could have tried said, you know, let's try to work this out, and slowly killed him over like five years. Yeah, so you I'm, know, cu- I'm, I'm got him like a nice heroin habit or something. Right, but I'm curious now if, because they did this crime together, mm. I'm wondering if Jacob's going to be uh, liable for liable her. for her her death as well. I probably mean, not. Yeah, but. probably not. I mean, it, it, at this point, this guy's life is ruined, right? Um, because he watched too much TV and didn't listen to enough good podcasts like right. like this one. The ones that tell her tell them both. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. This is a maybe, bad maybe go, idea. Maybe go see a psychiatrist. Yeah, get some help. Take yeah. that. If you have twenty grand to spend on getting someone killed, you probably have twenty thousand dollars to invest in yourself. Right. And do some self improvement. Yeah, like take a vacation to Cancun. Yeah. Just chill out on the beach yeah, for a bit. Have grand. a couple of margaritas. Yeah. Maybe meet somebody there, and you'll forget about it. Yeah. Get a prostitute or something. Right. Just, you know what I mean? Like get over it. Get over <laughs> your ex. Go to Vegas. Go to Sin City. Have um, a ten thousand dollar weekend. I, I was watching uh, YouTube last night, as I do. Um, and I watched uh, Russell Brand talking to um, Chelsea Handler, mm-hmm. and he was saying uh, she was. He confessed that he was a sex addict, and she was like, "What do you think caused you to be a sex addict?" And he goes, "It might have been the fact that when he turned seventeen or eighteen, his dad took him to a brothel, yeah, and uh, he immediately fell in love with the first girl that he met there, and then as he said, she left me as." As prostitutes do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have, I, I know people who, who, uh, who dad. That's, how, that's how they uh, were introduced to, uh, to, to female Oof. carnal flesh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's pretty. That's like, that's like an old school thing, man. That's like, that's like a real thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely some father son bonding. That's definitely like a pretty unique, you know, experience. Is that what your dad did with? No, you? absolutely not. No, no, no. no. Thank God. Yeah, but, that, uh, but I, do, I do have friends that that's that's how they lost their virginity. Ooh. You know, not is, good. Yeah. It's, well, it's, this is different. I don't judge. Right. I don't judge, Doug. No, don't judge. we don't. We don't judge. We, don't judge. we, we assess. Yes. Um, so that's it. That's uh, our episode 30. An epic episode 30. Yeah, um, babe. And uh, so, you know, 
Follow us at contact uh, at vomitingrainbows.com. Uh, and then, of course, send us uh, emails to contact at vomitingrainbows.com, mostly to Mike. Uh, see if he's okay. Check in on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, follow us on We Vomit Rainbow, uh, We Vomit Rainbows on all social media, Instagram, Twitter, um, and then Facebook. Uh, also, um, you know, send us your comments. Uh, please like us on iTunes and follow us there.